Well, I want to just kind of stay around. We we were talking about last week, um, God backs up his word with himself, right? You remember that? God backs up his word with himself, with his character, with his personhood. So I want to just recap some of that, that God envelops his word with his character and envelops himself, his character, with his word. They're not two separate things. And that's, that's why we can trust him at his word. Because he backs up his word with his character. Uh, if God ever violated his word, he would have to violate his personhood. Right? So he's not going to violate his word. He's not going to go against his words and what he said. We looked at 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 13, where it says, If we are unfaithful, God remains faithful and here's why. Because he cannot deny himself. He cannot deny who he is. He is faithful, right? It's not just I'm faithful to my word. I'm faithful to who I am. I was thinking about the scripture, and I can't re- I think it's in 1 John. Uh, 1 John 1, 9. I'm hoping maybe that's where it's at. He says, if we confess our sins, he, God, is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I, thought it's, I think it's interesting that he didn't say he's faithful and just to forgive, uh, to, uh, what does he say? Faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. What is he faithful and just to? Right? He, he, it didn't say he's merciful. He is merciful. But he said, at this point, when we're confessing our sins to him, he's faithful and just. He's not just merciful. What's he faithful and just to? His word. He's faithful and just to do what he said he was going to do when he put all that stuff on his son. Right? So when we go to him, he remembers who he is. And he's faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us. That's good news for us. That's good news for me because I go to him when I sin and go, ah, boo-booed. Lord, I hate that, and I don't want to do that anymore. Thank you for your forgiveness. And really, our prayer time in that sense even turns into thankfulness again for who he is, for him being who he is. So the reason that we can trust God's word is because we can trust him. We can trust his character, his personhood, right? Um, Another thing that we learned, uh, well, I learned last week. Hopefully, y'all learned that too, or maybe you were already there. But God performs his word, not me. Right? So when I'm praying and I'm, I'm asking God to, to do things for me or in my life or in my family, it's his responsibility to make sure that his word works in my life, not mine. Right? God performs his word, not, not us. And this is Jeremiah chapter 1. And just recapping what we talked about last week. Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 12 says, I, God, am watching over my word to perform it. Ezekiel chapter 12 verse 25 says, For I, the Lord, will speak, and whatever word I speak, I will perform. Message Bible says it this way, What I say, I'll do. (laughs) And he backs up his word, right? God personally backs up his word. It's like, God wants to make sure that we know 
and, and understand that his word points back to him. His word points back to his personhood. His word points back to his character. That's why Jesus stood in front of these religious people that could quote the, the scroll, the Old Testament, the law and the prophets. They could quote it back and backward and forward. And he said, you search these words. You search the letter. You search the scroll because in the scroll you think you have eternal life. But all of that testifies of a person. Me. But you won't come to me that you might have the life that you say you're looking for. Right? You remember that? That's John chapter 5 verses 39 and 40. Found this little jewel today uh, just reading and studying. And I, I remembered some of this and went back to it. This is Colossians chapter 2 verse 16 and 17. And 16 he's talking about don't let anybody condemn you or judge you over what to eat, what to drink, what days to worship on, holy days and all these other kind of things that were in the law that, that those people that Jesus spoke to and said, you search the scroll because in them you think you have eternal life. Those people would take this and beat everybody else over the head with it, the law, right? We talked a few weeks ago about relationship versus religion and how that if we're caught up in the law, that's what we'll tend to do is we'll take it not only beat everybody else up, but we'll beat ourselves up, right, when we fall short. He says in verse 17, don't let anybody condemn you about keeping these rules. These rules are only shadows of the reality that was yet to come, and Christ himself is that reality, right? So we're talking about God and his word are one. God and his word are the same. God's word is found in a person, okay? God's word is found in a person. Jesus is the living, breathing word of God. And again, this is just recap here. John chapter 1, I love John chapter 1. I'm not going to read all of that, but you need to go read the book of John, especially John chapter 1, just is so rich and, and deep. But this is the gist of it. Uh, John chapter 1 starts off this way. In the beginning was the word capital W, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And it goes on to say, He, the Word, was in the beginning with God. And keep on reading down, but verse 14 says this, And the Word became flesh. New Living says, The Word became human and lived among us, came and lived among us, made His home with us. And we have seen his glory, the glory of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. Anybody know who that is? <laughs> I, there's some, some religions that can't figure that out. That was, it's pretty plain. It, that The Word, capital W, he, a person, the Word, was in the beginning with God. And, and it goes on to say that without him, nothing was made that was made. Everything that was made was made through him. It goes on to say that John the Baptist came and declared, hey, this guy's coming, the Word. And then he came and dwelt among us, and he's the only son of the Father. That's Jesus. Anyway, I don't, they're not here, so I don't know why I'm, why I'm preaching that message right now. <laughs> uh, you remember we talked about the story where Peter walked on the water. Any, anybody familiar with that story where Peter walked on the water? And Jesus comes walking up, and, and they're, they're struggling. They're in a storm. 
And Jesus had sent them on ahead, and here comes Jesus walking on the water, and they're like, uh, is this a ghost? What in the world's going on? There's somebody just hovering over the water, walking out through here. Who is this guy? And they're afraid. And Jesus, I love what Jesus says to them. Jesus comes up and he says, don't be afraid. Take courage. I am here. A person. I am here. And, and the reason I say it that way, uh, I want to I show you this. And we talked about this last week. Uh, Jesus said, come on, get out of the boat. Come on, come to me. He said, you know, is that, if that's you, Lord, bid me to come to you. Jesus said, it is me, come on. And so Peter steps out on the water. And he begins to walk on the water. And then he takes his eyes off of the Lord, starts doubting and all of that. And it says, he saw the strong winds and the wave, and he was, waves and he was terrified and began to sink. Jesus immediately reached out, grabbed him, and he said, You have so little faith, Jesus said. And then he said this, Why did you doubt me? Jesus said, Come. He said a word. And then when Peter doubted, he didn't say, Why did you doubt the word I said to you? He said, Why did you doubt me, the person behind the word? Peter, you've... We've been, we've been walking together. We know each other. You've been seeing all of these miracles that I've been, three years I've been with you. We've been, you, you've seen me, right? You know me. You trust me, right? Peter, why did you doubt me, the person? Again, we're talking about God wrapping himself up in his word. Um, that's where that John chapter 5, again, verse 39 and 40. You search the scriptures in them. You think you have eternal life? These are they that testify of me, a person. I am the living, breathing word of God. So we talked about a lot of that last week, just just convincing ourselves, okay, God and his word are the same. They're one. They cannot be separated. They don't stand alone. They stand together. God and his word are one, right? Right? God wraps himself up in his word. So now when we hear scriptures like Psalm 107.20, God, he sent his word and healed them and delivered them from destruction. So God didn't send a bunch of letters in sequence. (laughs) Right? You see that? God didn't send words And heal us. He sent his son, the word, the living, breathing word of God. By his wounds, we are healed. So God sent a person to heal us, right? He sent his word and healed them and delivered them from destruction. We talked about a lot of that stuff. So you might be sitting there saying, well, okay, I'm convinced. God and his word are one. I'm even convinced that I can trust God to back up his word. What does that look like in my life? Because I got problems. Anybody anybody honest? I'm in a storm, man. That's great for you that you can quote scripture all day. You know, I got a storm in my life. I got problems. I'm struggling here. Am I supposed to just sit around and quote scripture all day? No. I can't do that either, <laughs> right? We, we have some, some things to do, and not in the sense of 
working and performing God's word in our life. So let's look at this. I'm convinced that, that God and his word are one. I'm convinced that I can trust God. I'm convinced that even in my storm, God is near me. He's close to me. And when I trust him to bring me through, I know he's going to bring me through. But man, it's hard sometimes. Sometimes in my storm, that's not the first thing that comes to my mind is the word of God. It's, oh, that's a big storm. That's a big old mountain, right? So what do we do with this information then? And even maybe a revelation and I would challenge you a little bit on that. The revelation really doesn't happen until we do it and we experience it. That's when it really becomes a personal revelation to me. Um, a few years ago, I can remember being in the middle of one of those times and in, in one of those storms. And, and now, after spending so much time in Psalms and reading David's words, it reminded me of my words, the same, same type thing. God, don't you see me? I mean, I'm hurting here. This this is hard. It's dark. I can't. It's hard for me to see. And that's what Peter was was saying in the storm, uh, in the boat, and and, and could, he couldn't see through the haze. And that kind of looks like the Lord, but I can't really tell. But when he said, "You know what? I have been walking with you for about three years. If you'll say something, I know you. I know your voice." I'll obey you. I'll do what you say. He did walk on water. He he gets slammed for sinking, but nobody. The other eleven, <laughs> they didn't have. They don't have the testimony that he's got. He walked on water, man. Amen. Well, here's what we can do. We always want to look to the Word, and this is what Paul says in Philippians chapter four. Um. I know we've heard this a lot, but I, I want to maybe look at it from just a little bit different angle. And here's where we want to land tonight. Verse 6 starts out this way. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all He has done. Then you will experience God's peace which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent excellent and worthy of praise. Think about these things. And these things, you could even grab these things and you could, you could bring them in under the person of God and you'll see his characteristics. This is who he is. So he says, fix your thoughts on these things. Not just words, not just principles, not just awesome virtues and values, but on a person. Fix your thoughts there. Let's look at this where um, Isaiah chapter 26 verse 3 says this. You, God, will keep him in perfect peace, all who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. Same principle. 
I want peace in the storm. That's, that's one of the first things I'm looking for. Just give me a little breathing room. I just want to breathe right now, right? Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. We're real familiar with this. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. Sometimes in that storm, I just I don't want to just sit there and be a victim. God, what do I do now? Right? That's the question we need. Not why is this storm happening? Or how did this come up? That's some of the questions that I ask. But but the right question is, what do you want me to do now? Okay, I got this storm, I got this problem. What do you want me to do, God? And this is what he said. Trust in the Lord. With all your heart, don't depend on your own understanding. Don't climb off into your intellect and your willpower and and all that stuff. Self, flesh, self-effort, right? That's works. That's climbing off over into the law again like we talked about the other day. Seek his will in all you do and he will show you which path to take. Here's another one of those, trust in the Lord. Uh, Psalm 37 3 through 5 says, Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and feed on His faithfulness. If you're going to feed on something, feed on, again, a characteristic of God, faithful. When we're faithless, He remains faithful because He can't, he can't deny who He is. It's part of the characteristic of God. Feed on His faithfulness. Delight yourself in the Lord and He will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. Man, we're seeing that over and over and over. God backs up his word. God's the one that's going to bring it to pass. God's the one that's going to give me peace when I fix my thoughts on him, when I aim my heart toward him and quit looking at how and talking about how big the storm is, but looking at him and, and talking to him, tell him about your storm, right? Not tell everybody else about your storm. That's I've done that myself. So not throwing any stones. But he said, tell, tell me about it. And then all of a sudden we'll do like David. And we'll read here, some of that here in a little bit. David was so good at just being honest with the Lord. Because you're not, you're not going to intimidate him. You're not going to ugly him away with your mess. Right? I'm having to learn that. Because, well, that's not faith. You know, I I can't go to God and just just tell him about how bad I'm feeling and, and all that. Well, he's your dad. He's your father. He's listening. It's just we have to unload it, cast all my care over onto him, and then I got to start saying what he said about my storm, right? Can't just say what I say about it. Got to say what he says about it because his words won't return empty. His words will accomplish what he pleases and they will prosper in the thing for which he sends them. That's why we've, i got to get his word in me and then begin to speak his word out. So just, just, just for your notes, and I, I hope we got this in your notes that you've got. Number one, he says, don't worry. But instead of worrying, instead of just not doing something, because we got to do something, right? And you sure can't not think. You can't. Your mind will not allow a vacuum. Did you know that? You cannot not think. It's impossible. Your, your mind will fill that space up. 
with something. Because we're constantly taking in through eyes and ears. Constantly, constantly taking in information that our minds are processing subconsciously all the time. Will not allow a vacuum. But he said, don't worry. Instead of worrying, pray. And talk to God about what you need. And then thank him. Go ahead and take the next step. And begin to thank him for what he's already done. That's what David did a whole bunch. God, it's hard right now, but I do have a memory. I was in a bad spot a while back, and you came through. I'm still here. Maybe somebody needs to hear that today. You're still here. That's, that's some proof to you and me that God's faithful and he's good. You're still here. And it ain't going to stay this way. It's going to change because everything changes. Number two, fix your thoughts or aim your thoughts. Set your thoughts. Settle your thoughts in a certain direction. Not just letting, letting all of it go everywhere like a shotgun, right? Number three is think on God's character. Think on who he is. And then... Now that I, I know you, God, I've been spending time with you, God, now I know I can trust you. I can trust you. You are going to back up your word. I ain't seeing it right now. Maybe I'm not feeling it right now, but you're faithful. I know I can trust you. And then he says, delight in him. You know, for, for a long time, I would think about the desires of my heart. I have desires in my heart. Think about the desires of my heart, and that's where my, I would start aiming my delight. I would start getting delightful and and yeah this is going to make me happy that that thing is going to make me happy that thing is where i get my joy but he said delight yourself in the lord first and then after you give me your heart and you del- you know that i'm the source of your joy then maybe i can trust you to have that and it won't have you it won't have your heart cuz it's really not going to bring you what you think it's going to bring you right I'm the source of your joy. So delight in him. He said, feed on his faithfulness. Or we could say, feed on the character of God. Fuel fuel yourself with the word of God and with his character. Feed on it. This is what David did. He wrote all through the psalm. God, don't you see how much I'm struggling right now? Where are you? I'm scared and and." You know, this storm is big, just like I was doing. God, I don't, I don't know. I don't see the light at the end of the tunnel on this one. This is hard. This is big. This storm is so big, and this, it's so dark here and, and all of that. But I love how that David would always get, get to, let me unload this, and then he would finally land in, but God, you're bigger. You're brighter, you're smarter, you're, you're faithful, you're steadfast. This is not shaking you or rattling you. You're fully seated on your throne, ruling the whole universe. You can take care of my problem. I know you're faithful. He would feed on the faithfulness of God. Psalm 138 verses 7 and 8 says this, Though I am surrounded by troubles, you will protect me from the anger of my enemies. You reach out your hand, and the power of your right hand saves me. 
The Lord will work out his plans for my life. For your unfailing love, O Lord, endures forever. Don't abandon me. You made me. In other words, I am your responsibility. You're my dad. You're my father. I'm your son. I'm your daughter. I know that I'm in good hands. I know that I can trust you because you're good. So, I've tried to, tried to connect dots and all that kind of stuff. Here's what that, I want to just share this. Here's what that looks like in real life, in my life, in your life. When, when we come to these places where it's hard and we're, we're trying to aim our thoughts and we're trying to fix our thoughts and God, I, I, I just, you know, I want to trust you. I, I want to I wanna smile even when I don't feel like smiling and, and I want to look beyond this. This is what this looks like. If I don't know what God's word says, then I don't know that he is faithful and he is true and he is steadfast and he will not fail. He's never failed. If I don't know what his word is, then I can't settle my thoughts in that. Settle my thoughts in who he is. So this is what we have to do. This is what we have to do. Every day, practically, every day we need to be reading his word. Every day. Something. Get something out of the word of God. That means sitting down, opening up the scriptures, or I got a Bible app on my phone, I, I read it every morning, or click play. It's easy, man. Click play. Let let God feed on his faithfulness. Let him fuel our minds. Um, number two, we're not just reading letters in sequence. There's a, there's a person behind this word. And he is good and he is faithful. So I need to spend time, quiet time, with him. I remember my good friend Steve Eden, he said he was just praying one, t- one day, and he was pretty good at praying, and just praying, 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 and just filling up that time and with his words, and he finally is like, you know, tap on the shoulder, hey, son, um, right now I think my words are more important than yours. Why don't you just be quiet and let me talk? <laughs> Anybody ever felt that? It's like... Uh, you know what? I think uh, right now your words are spirit and life. I, I need those kind of words. Way more important what you say to me than what I say to you. Spending that time, just just spending that time. Sometimes, uh, like we we said last week, sometimes in in the middle of your storm, I don't really. I'm not asking for somebody to come along and just talk, 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 talk like I do. I, I can be that guy. Sometimes I just need somebody just to be there. Just so I don't feel alone. Right? Does that make sense? And so, man, spending that time with the Lord, we'll hear that quiet, still quiet voice. Just speak His truth to us. You've been believing lies, son, about yourself. This is what I say about you. My words are true. And the most humble thing that you can do is simply agree with what God says about you. 
Some of the most life-changing times in my life has been when just that revelation came that, man, I've been believing some lies. God, you didn't say that. I want to believe what you say about me. What are you saying about my storm? What are you saying about my marriage? What are you saying about my children? What are you saying about my job, my finances, and all these things? You said I'm blessed coming in and going out. My feelings are telling me something else, or my checkbook is telling me something else, or my fuss with my wife, or whatever it is, might be telling me something else, but God, your word remains. Jesus said, let, let every man be a liar, but my word remains true. Amen. Number three is get in a life group. Get in a group, right? Number one is get in God's word. Number two is get before God. And number three is get in a group. Get in a group. Get in that place where um, there's other humans. There are other people that can share in your story. I think sometimes the most impactful thing that, that we can do with each other is to share our story. Because I, I can even, and, and the word of God is the word of God. But I can sit around and quote the word, quote the word, quote the word. But when I can relate it, when I can tell my story and relate it to my brother and my sister and go, hey, I've been like David. I've, I've been in a cave too. And my enemies have surrounded me. And I've felt the same feelings that you're feeling. I've been over in that pit too, sister. I've been down in there. And I can, we can sit here and we can talk about all the dimensions of the pit and how dark it is down there. But that's not going to help you. Here, this is going to help you. Come up here where I'm at. We'll reflect a little bit on the pit, but we're going on our way out of the pit, we're going to talk about the answer, right? And that's what happens in life group. We get encouraged. We get built up, especially when we bring the Word of God into it and we talk about His character and His nature. Man, I was hurting, and, and man, I was down, and it was so dark. But God. But God. God showed up with his personhood. God showed up with his presence. I felt like I'm not alone anymore. And the word of God began to come to my mind. I'm your shield. I'm your fortress. I'm your safe place. He that dwells, lives in, abides in the secret place. That quiet place. That place where maybe nobody else knows about but that's where I go and I, I just get quiet before the Lord and I listen to the Lord. He that dwells in that secret place of the Most High, he'll abide under the shadow of the... There's proximity there. I'm close now. That's, right. That's why I can feel his peace. Right? That, it, it's not an emotional thing, but it will affect our emotions. Amen? And man, if, if something's going to be affecting my emotions, I want it to be God and not my storm. I want that peace. I, I want to know, you know what, God? It is dark, but one thing I know about you, you're faithful. You're good. You're steadfast. Your word is highest authority above every other authority. 
your name is above every other name, whether it be cancer or addiction or depression or whatever it is. Poverty, your name is higher. Amen? Stand up with me. I want to pray with you.